Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I am Jason, a guy that probably doesn't have very good goals. <laughs> and I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And we're talking about setting goals today and, and what goals are in the future. And holy shit, yeah, this is going to be interesting because I feel like a lot of where I'm moving towards in my life is more, I don't like to say Buddhisty in nature, but more <laughs> mindful, more present, more let's be here in the moment and not worry as much about the past and the future because those things fuck me up a lot and make me feel bad um but that doesn't really exist in a vacuum either as you know dave always reminds us when he's here right if i'm driving down the street i need to worry about that tree um yeah yeah, and just you know thinking of like my family like my daughters now are like graduating and just the concept of like oh they're getting ready to start new chapters in their lives whatever that may be you know whether that's them going and starting careers or getting their own families or doing whatever but they're now like i guess i would say full-fledged adults (laughs) and so it's like wow like these are that's a whole new chapter in my life getting ready to open up Hmm. and there has something there has been something very beautiful about going back and looking at a lot of their childhood stuff. We pulled out old pictures. We were telling stories and just talking about all the good times we have together. And just looking at some of that stuff, man, my heart just, like, it's so, uh, makes me happy. You know what I mean? It's So there is some mm-hmm. past reflection that can be good, <laughs> you know, and, and like, healthy and uh, us all together as a family, like, I don't know what you call that, reinforcing, like, our love and commitment and, and connection with each other. Mm. Um, but I know that can be unhealthy, too, you know, when it gets into some weird nostalgia remembering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, what was the word? Recommitting? No. What did you just say? Uh, Reestablishing? Reaffirming? Yeah, I don't know what I said. I don't I said, think any of them. Yeah. But anyway, all those ideas and, like, I don't think there's necessarily anything bad about the past or the future. It's more just for me in particular, and I'm sure other people like me, it tends to come with a story, right? Yeah. And my stories in my head don't usually spout roses and butterflies at the ends, right? They're, they're usually really bad. Um, and, and just trying to stay out of that has been useful for me. So it's interesting to try to have this conversation around goals because I know as I'm moving forward, I also want to achieve certain things. I mean, maybe right. not, you know, wealth or, or anything like that, but like I have some goals about what I'd like my life to look like, or even preferences of where I'd prefer to end up mm. over some other place that I could probably still be okay with. But if I don't get to put in any thought or intentions or actions into those goals, I'm not going to end up there. So yeah. how do I think about these? And in it's a funny. Way? So that whole premise of, you know, living just for today and all that, that we, learned about you know when we got into recovery like i never struggled with that at all because that is how i lived most of my life right um and on purpose like i was just like i don't know where i'm gonna be tomorrow i don't know what i'm gonna be doing i didn't like to commit to shit 
I was like, this is just what I'm doing for now, and it might change mm-hmm. later. And I was completely fine living that way. Uh, the downside to that is all the stuff you were kind of just talking about. It's like when it came to school, it's like, ah, I'm in school, so I'm doing this now, but I don't give a fuck about my future, so mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, maybe investing in areas that right. I should be or maybe looking at things that might be important a couple of years down the road, I wasn't using any kind of foresight. It was just, I'm just doing whatever I feel like doing at this moment, and I'll worry about later, later. Right. Um, and then, of course, that came with various legal issues, <laughs> you know, getting later in my life, me like, well, fuck, if I would have went to college, maybe things would be different, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, even as a, you know, young man married with kids and a family getting into a career, there was just never much thought. You know, it's like when a job came up, I'm like, well, yeah, I'll take that job. Like, it's an opportunity, so whatever. There was never any thought of like, well, what's this job going to look like in five years or 10 years or 20 years? Or do I want to spend the rest of my life here? Or do I want to do something different? It's always just been, well, this is just what I'm doing because this is what's in front of me, and I'm not going to look any further than that. And it's been a point of contention with my wife and I, actually. Hmm. She's been like, it's really hard with you because you don't set goals you know even when we bought this house it's like well we don't want to stay here forever and she's like well what's that mean like <laughs> how many years is not forever and it's like well not a hundred right <laughs> but you know what is that five is it ten is right. it you know when the kids move out like what is i'm like i don't know it's just now <laughs> right, right and so that vagueness and that inability to you know set goals has caused issues for me in my life mm-hmm. and i think part of it is to me, goals are commitments. They're not something that More I'm work. a striving, you know, right. moving towards. It's like that's a fucking commitment now that I'm going to do yeah. that. And the thought of falling short or failing at that goal has been too overwhelming, you know, hmm. to make it to make it feasible to set realistic. Well, I will only set goals that I know are easily attainable. I won't challenge myself or set goals that might seem hard. Right, right. <laughs> like, you know? huh. uh, just thinking about that idea, like, one, the way you described it was different than my experience of, of that, which is interesting, and I do want to get into that. But just this this idea of, like, the vagueness protecting me, and I feel like it, it kind of protects me in an opposite way. Like, I don't think... <laughs> You phrase it differently. We're probably saying the same <laughs> shit, but you're saying like, oh God, I, I don't want to fail at meeting a goal, but it was very like separate, almost like the milk spilled. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and mine is like, oh, that's just a fuck ton of work I have to do to meet that goal and I'm <laughs> right. not doing all that. Like yeah. setting a goal and you're like, oh, commitment. I'm like, yeah, commitment, perseverance, all these spiritual principles we talked about and they all sound like work because it's hard <laughs> and that's just too much. Um <clears throat> Well, that's because I'm an egomaniac. I feel like I can do anything. Right, so right. everything's achievable. It's just, do I want to do it or not? I'm always like, <laughs> I'm competent enough to do anything, but the work, yeah, I probably can't count on myself for that portion of it. Yeah. But just, just thinking through that idea of like, um, you lived in today, right? And I don't know how this works out scientifically or if they measured your brain and my brain and saw what was active in which points. But I just read research recently that was talking about this idea that we aren't always present only, 
when we're living, right? So basically, in order to take in the information that's going on, and what they did, they had people watch movies. And in order to take in any particular scene from a movie into the entire context of the entire movie, they had to relate it to parts of their life at different times when they had been through similar things or this, that, and the other. So while they were watching movies, what was happening is our memory store banks of like old situations are playing at the same time, basically, which is giving a feel of the past experience, which if it was not good or dangerous or traumatic or whatever, that's what's also being re-experienced during the present experience of that mm. same familiar thing. And so it's like, that's what I feel. It makes a lot of sense to me now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel doom and gloom every time anything happens. <laughs> right, that's right. Um, but I feel like that has, has jaded me from wanting to look at the future of the past because they all lead to that same story of every time I failed and all the energy I don't have to do the things because of depression or whatever we want to call it. And like, so my story every time I think about goals or is generally move the fuck away from thinking about goals because that's taking you to how you're going to fail in the future and you don't want to think of that it's taking you to where life's not going to work out just like it hasn't worked out all along so far and and all those stories that keep going in my head and like so that's just a dangerous place for me and it's funny because i get to the failure point too but for a different at a different path right (laughs) but it leads to failure that's what and me hating myself (laughs) right right so that's fascinating i don't know if this ties in or not but it, it feels interesting and it's on my brain so i'm gonna bring it in um another article i read recently was talking about this idea that people they showed people this collage of like i guess what you would call a nostalgic or a memorable like you know photo collage that would bring up things for you little video clips inspirational music all that wonderful stuff some people at the end of that just generally don't feel lonelier from it right and they kind of measured all those people in the fmri again and all the parts of their brains that are feeling that not lonely feeling light up alike in all those people. But then all the people who came out of that experience and said they did feel some loneliness afterwards, they all get in the fMRI and all of them are lonely differently. Hmm. So now the people who have this experience maybe of having more loneliness in the world we can't even go find other lonely people because right. that makes us feel even lonelier. They're alone like, in their loneliness. You're different too. <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah, and that's just like Your such a fucked up isolating. Concept. Yes, and I was like, "Wow, so lonely people are all uniquely lonely, basically." And that's wow. like that's a fucked up thing. But it made me think. I mean, it makes sense for the way I feel. That's for sure. Huh. I'm like, Christ. I meet these people who feel like outcasts, and then I talk to them long enough, and I'm like. Yeah, Fuck, I'm outcast. weirder than you too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like, Christ, I'm even outcast from the weirdos. Yeah. That's, what do we do now? But I I don't know how much that feeling has played into this past and future story too, yeah. or if it does, I don't know. I'm probably just getting us off topic. Yeah, not for me. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah, the lonely is a whole weird thing because I'm a person that likes to be around other people. Now I probably could be alone with myself more than ever, but mm. yeah, there was a time in my life where I didn't, I had to be around people, I, but that more had to do with I hated myself. Well, so. and it's weird because I feel like my experience of loneliness has nothing to do with the amount of people around, and I think we've talked about yeah, that yeah. on this show right. at different times, but like, I'm cool with being alone. Nobody's asking me to do anything then. I'm like, oh man, all the pressure's off. I can do what the yeah. fuck I want. Being alone is great. Being lonely, which is a feeling that hits me whenever the fuck it doesn't matter how many right. people in fact it t- seems to hit a lot more often when there is large groups of people because then it's like 
in my face. Oh, I don't have nothing to say to these people. This is so weird, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. But anyway, pack yeah. the goals. Pack the yeah. goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, recently, I have been more uh, attuned to setting goals, looking at goals, and, and as, you know, I'm getting older, I'm like, so, you know, I am getting probably halfway through my life, if not further past midlife, and... Like, what do I want to do? Now I have some freedom to do what the fuck I want to do, I feel like. And, uh, yeah, so I've been looking at setting some goals. And, you know, one of them being, like, I want to be retired by the time I'm 60. I don't want to work for another 20 years of my life. I don't even want to work for another 15 years of my life. You know, it's – and that isn't against anyone or anything. It's just I have – Values in my life that I think are important. Uh, one of those is being out and around nature. Uh, one of those is living a more sustainable type lifestyle, a little more minimalist, a little more like self-supporting, self-sustaining. Um, and in my current state of life, I can't do those things or not to the level that I would like. Right. And so I'm like, all right, well, if I really want to do those things, I feel like they call to my heart you know what do i need to do to get in position for that and so it's been interesting because it's uh motivating in a way that i've never experienced before Hmm. um to actually because i'm not bad at setting really short term goals Mm -hmm. like i'm pretty good at saying like oh we're gonna redo the fucking living room and i want to have it done in two weeks or a month or like that shit's easy (laughs) um yeah It's the more long-term, more uh, life-oriented type of goals, you know, looking at, like, my marriage. What are my marriage goals? What are my family goals? I'm like, I'm just being a marriage, like, not get divorced. Like, that's the goal. (laughs) You know, but that doesn't go over so well with my wife. She doesn't always like that approach. Like, she has more specific goals that she would like us to see in our marriage <laughs> just a just a little outside feedback for you and and maybe other listeners would think the same thing like that statement of that's easy really could be said you're really good at that mm. because there's not a lot of people who are really good at, at saying i want to get this thing done in my house in the next two weeks and i'm committed and i'm going to or like those that you're calling short-term goals are easy that's really really fucking hard billy and like yeah. you're good at it well, some of it's <laughs> obsessive compulsive. <laughs> okay, that's all right. But some of it's not. I mean, I've gotten better at that stuff, too. Yeah. I don't... Oh, yeah, thank you. We're just talking about this idea of, like, long-term goals and thinking it through. I think one of the things that just came up when you said this is that most long-term goals in my mind that I can think of involve needing money. Yeah. You know? Well, one of the goals that would be mean a lot to me would be if I could have a little bit of land somewhere that had some tiny homes on it for me, my loved ones, if they wanted to live there, whatever. I, that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and I live in a I live in a system where like that's not everybody's goal in my system. That's for sure. I don't even know if it's my wife's goal. <laughs> it might be. But like I don't have the ability to just say hey we have this goal let's cut back on our spending so we can save and actually reach it and attain it and move towards it because my entire adult life has not felt like there's been the ability to save because of 
I want to say the environment around me, the environment I helped to create, like whether that's the fact that I have five kids and they cost mm-hmm. a lot or whether that's the person I chose to marry or, or whatever it is, it feels like we don't generally, we spend what we make, whatever level we're at. And we seem to have done that since we started together. And it's like such a hard, I guess thinking about goals, I ended up getting frustrated. And so I just say, never mind. <laughs> Like yeah. that's gonna lead to divorce. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck the <laughs> right. goals. Right. The goal is to stay married, right? Didn't yeah, you just say right. that? The that's goal is to goal. not get divorced. That's a general goal. <laughs> but that does that does leave me feeling like a, a level of what's that word I'm looking for? A, a lack of self-efficacy to work towards the things I want in my life, right? And and I get it. Like we're we're a family and we've got to give some give and take there and some compromise. But yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that maybe this is my journey towards being able to do the goals like you're talking about in your life. Like right now it's being able to speak up more, more and say, Hey, this is something I'm kind of interested in. And like these behaviors I see in our household prevent us from ever even taking that on. And can we just look at that? Yeah. Can we start and there? That's interesting. You know, we had, uh, was Pete on about the financial management mm-hmm. stuff. And so that is a newer concept in my life mm-hmm. of like actually having what I would call discretionary income, yeah. not sort of living paycheck to paycheck. Right, and right. again, it's, it's always hard because shit calls so much. For I, one. Well, <laughs> and I could look back at my life and say, look, over the years, we splurged money here, here, and here. We could have taken that money and put it away instead of taking X vacation or doing X thing or whatever. Um, and that's at the time, you know, my wife would make the arguments like, look, we can't just fucking work our life away and then try to save money and hope that later down the road that that's going to pay right. off for us. And then we get 15 years down the road and somebody's sick or whatever. We never use that money. Mm-hmm. Or, and I hate to say we say fuck it, because it's not fuck it, but you just say, we're going to live our life now and do what we need to do now. And we used to fight about that, because I didn't want to take any vacations or do anything. I wanted to take all our money and put it away, because I felt so financially stressed. Right. And so, maybe that's why I wasn't able to think about long-term goals because everything led to failure because we weren't really putting any money away and everything takes money and now you know we're at a point 20 years later into our careers that we've invested in our lives that you know money's not as big of an issue for us Mm -hmm. anymore and our kids are getting older and we probably won't have to support them for the rest of their lives maybe maybe not but you know either way I've been able to start putting a lot more money into like retirement and some, you know, we're like getting in position to talk to like tax people and we did like wills and like all this adult shit that's like planning for the future. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like such weird adult planning shit. (laughs) But I've never like... So in the past, when we've talked about a will, I'm like, well, what do I need a will for? I'm going to leave somebody all my debt. Like, they're going to get that shit anyway. You don't need a will for that. The fucking people you owe the money to are going to go after somebody. Right, right. You know, they're going after something. Um, but now I'm starting to acquire things, stuff. But Christ, it's taken 48 <laughs> years to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, money's a tricky one. You know, I, I think part of my my 
money issues is just how expensive everything has gotten for one. I mean, that, that puts a damper in anybody trying to save anything. And, you know, the, the, yeah, there's a lot of environmental problems in our society that keep people from being able to, to get enough money to even meet their needs, much less do any more than that. Um, but then there's also, you know, kind of what we talked about in our last episode, like this advertising, this, this unity of purpose in capitalism to make money, um, which requires a lot of people to spend it. And, and like just the little things along the way, you know, oh, this thing that we could probably use in our house or God, we, we need a oven, toaster, toaster, oven, air fryer, (laughs) and something else. Microwave, too, right? right? Like, holy shit, do we really? That's going to make things easier, save us time. We're going to be able to eat healthier. (laughs) Yeah, except the time it takes to mount all those things and put them in and replace them when they break and clean them and upkeep them. And it's it's like, yeah, a lot of these these modern conveniences don't seem as time-saving. And and that's where I'm just kind of moving away from doing as much. Um, That's what has felt like it is an attainable goal for me to some respect. Like... I have the ability to set goals for my own personal internal landscape and environment, which is where I've been putting most of my energy lately, I think. Um, like, what do I want this to be first? Like, let me get the house in order, right? And then the world falls into place, I guess. Um, and that's felt really useful. Like, okay, uh, a goal of mine was I don't want anyone else to be responsible for my feelings. That's my job. And that goal has paid off fucking very well for me because i have like shown up and taken on the responsibility and what it leads to is i walk away from a lot of situations that i'm dealing with people in my family that i love and i feel fucking good about it i didn't yell at them i didn't belittle them i didn't tell them they were less than human or not doing something well i just said hey this thing doesn't feel good can can we work on doing something different that feels good for all of us does it like and it's just so much nicer and like that side of goal setting has been much nicer for me lately. Like the internal part. Do you, do you feel like you set internal goals or is that, I feel like that's something I didn't, don't necessarily think about. I wasn't thinking about before this episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I guess not specifically in the way that you're talking about. And what I tripped in my head, of course, while you were talking was like, yeah, like 12-step fellowship 
stuff is terrible for goal setting. <laughs> like, you know, goal get through the twelve steps. Right, get through the twelve steps. Don't use just service day. commitment. Like, but there's no real long term goal yeah. setting, and it's not even a premise that's yeah, t- you know, talked about. Like it, it's in fact, it's almost frowned upon. You know, and so I would say yes, I've had some like personal goals. I and it, it's more. Enough, I would call them goals as much as it's been identification of issues, you know, character defects or shortcomings, whatever you want to call them, that are causing harm in my life, and then finding alternatives to that, you know. So it wasn't paraphrased as much in goal setting, but it's like, hey, this is a problem. I don't like the way that I act when I'm doing this. Let's look at some other ways to do something different, you know. And that stuff's always come fairly easily. It's For me, it's always been more the external stuff, you know, like, well, where do you want to live in five years, 10 years, 20 years? What do you want your marriage to look like in five years, 10 years, 20 years? You know, what do you want your uh, financial situation to look like? And, you know, well, of course, I want to live somewhere beautiful and <laughs> be rich and be happily married. Like, who doesn't want that, yeah, you know? Like but it's back. like, well, that's, I mean... That's not goal setting. Right. You know what I mean? Just right. doing that and saying, I just want to be married isn't setting marriage goals. <laughs> no, yeah. but I think that's what we're doing in our society through subliminal messaging. And not, not, I'm, look, I am not the one saying there's people behind closed doors writing out the scripts or none of that. I'm not talking right. about the Illuminati, but I'm talking about if I own a company and I want to sell something, or if I'm a believer in Christianity and I want to, you know, put those morals out into the world, very similarly to how we do with the podcast. Like we have a belief in a way of being and we want to put it out there in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think we're a little more overt about it and Mm -hmm. we'll tell you that's a, that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just think of like Disney movies and stuff, right? Like they had messaging subliminally in them. I don't know that it was malicious. It was trying to tell a story, but I mean, a lot of us got that message of, yeah, you know, you need a partner to feel good and you grow up and you have kids and you get the white picket fence in the house and the job and all the And like, that's what you do. And I think we're all have just been kind of subconsciously just working towards that. What job can I get that pays the most? Right. Oh, this one pays two dollars more. I'll jump over there. I'll jump to this one. That's five dollars more, whatever. And then where can I fit with that amount? It's not really like the conscious, what do I need to get by? What parts of this do I want or not? It's just, I'll make as much as I can. And then from there, I'll figure out my place in society and I'll own the stuff those people own. And I'm like, I'm like right. that's terrible goals. Right. We're all doing the same shit and miserable. Yeah. Just follow the path someone else laid out yeah. and that's your goals. Yeah. Right. And I, and I kind of feel like that's how we're living. Um, You said you were talking about the goals and, and, in the program and that's interesting i'm thinking almost like where i don't want to say goals would be poo-pooed on but i guess a little bit right you start talking about something you want to achieve and like the difficulty and the process of getting there and maybe maybe even the confusion from the starting point of like i don't know which way to start on this path and you might be met with a man that's too much it's just for today relax take it easy tonight you know what i mean you don't and, and there's some truth to that, but at the same time, that doesn't give you any sense of direction for how to move forward. Yeah, well, and I think it's like most of these fucking concepts we learn about, even that premise of living just for today, 
isn't intended to be like an all or nothing every moment every situation always live just for today you know what i mean it's like that's like a good like there's a middle path there of like don't stress and worry and try to figure everything out for the whole rest of your life like that's bad but like never thinking about your future or planning for anything is just as bad you know like if i just be like i don't fucking i don't know if i'm eating tomorrow or not i'm just gonna get up and see what's in the fridge and well, you got to fucking plan to go to the store and get food yeah. at some point. Like, you can't just <laughs> do what you, you know, wake up each day and take it like tomorrow doesn't matter. A hundred percent. Right. <laughs> I was picturing like Saturday evening being in the meeting and being like, I haven't eaten today because I got paid yesterday and I lived just for today yesterday and spent it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> haven't eaten today. Yeah. Can somebody but, help? And that was an argument I would actually make with my wife sometimes about stuff i'm like i don't you know if we make all these you know plans and do all this stuff you know how do we stay like just for today you know how do we be just in the now you know planning and theorizing what our future is going to look like limits what we're doing right this moment <laughs> i feel like if we could all just like kind of wake up and open our eyes we would see that marriages are the perfect complement to send us down the middle path if we could just <laughs> <Yeah>. do it <laughs> like i'm always on one end my wife's always on the other yeah. and if we could just realize we're always just supposed yeah. to come in the middle like there's something good about what you're saying and there's something good about what i'm saying right. and we just got to do them in the right proportions like i'm trying to do it 100 percent of the time you're trying to do yours 100 percent of the time and if we just did each of them a little less, we'd probably meet in a nice yeah. place that was good for all of us. And it's just like long-term goals, you know, long-term goals. Like that's, it's like a, like a bullseye to shoot for. Mm -hmm. And it's taken my wife to explain this to me a lot. It's like, that's a bullseye that you're shooting for. But if you come close, like that's good enough. Yeah. And maybe you veer off along that path and that's good too. It just gives you like direction and purpose mm -hmm. as to, you know, where you're going, um, and it's super helpful for that. And I've always just been like, man, I don't know, you know. And maybe that should be the title of this episode. Where are we going? Right? Because, <laughs> right. like, not so much in the goal-setting format, but I feel like that's that's the place I've been at in my life lately is this reevaluation of, like, what the fuck have I been doing, basically? What have I been living? What have I been living by? Like, what kind of code have I been following? What And and. It's not working out. I don't. I haven't felt that great historically. So, like, what else do I need to do? And what kind of things do I need to switch up? And just living a more, like, mindful or intentional existence, I feel like has opened me up to what you're talking about. This idea of, like, maybe more self-reflection and, and more looking at some of these things I've been so staunchly in support of my whole life. And, like, why? Maybe I can back away from them and find some other shit that works feels better afterwards, you know? Yeah. And, like, we've been talking you know my wife and i recently about like we have we know a lot of things that we like and we like to do you know being out in nature and mm -hmm. all that stuff we're like well how do we we need to build that into our life instead of just like waiting for it to happen right. or waiting for free time like let's make that a goal is that at least you know once a month or twice a month we go on hikes or we set a destination or you know whatever or um you know, the idea of like having a, a date night in the week is like really it's not necessarily the date night per se. It's like that's setting a goal of like we're going to try to connect as a couple and put our relationship, you know, some somewhere yeah. into this life thing. Because yeah. if you don't, you just live by default. It's like, 
well, we see each other every night, you know, in bed at nine o'clock when we're tired and ready to go to sleep. Right. So that's good enough. You know, right. we see each other all the time. You know, we wake up next to each other. Yeah, and, we live together. God right. damn. I don't see anybody more than you. But, right. But, but yeah. it's like so much of the interactions just become uh, transactional or become, you know, practical shit. Who's getting the kids? Right. Who's making dinner? How are we taking care of this? What about that right. bill? And then, you know, all of a sudden, we're like, oh, our marriage, you know, isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It, that happens with our careers and everything. You know, it's like we don't have any kind of goal or a direction or a purpose that we're shooting for. So we just fall into a, I don't know what you call it, a mundane routines. Well, and, and this came up for me when I was trying to figure out, you were talking about goals and I was like, what the fuck were my goals early in recovery? What was I missing there? And and like what I think was my goal was the same as it was when I was using avoid pain. That's it. That was the only goal. Avoid pain. Right. And, and what I'm picturing as you're talking about this marriage thing is I'm walking through the world and my only goal is like just not be in pain. Right. So there's going to be places and people and situations in the world that ask things of me. Right. My, my job is going to do that. People at meetings are telling me to be of service. All these places are saying, yeah, Jason, we need you to do this. And, and I don't want to be in pain. And pain to me is people looking at me negatively or, or telling me I didn't do enough or I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So, fuck, I better do all those things people are asking of me. But then at home where I, I have a more comfortable level of acceptance. Right. These people aren't going to shun me. They love me. Right. Then I'm more willing to push back against when they're asking for all the things because I'm already doing all the goddamn things. I ain't got no time for these things at home, right? So it's like in the in the goal of avoiding pain, what I actually created was a fuck ton of disconnection in my own family and a lot more pain overall trying to avoid these little pain spots where people might judge me or look at me or I might feel yucky about saying no to somebody about and like that's where my reevaluation has come in. So maybe this is a, a goal thing for me too, right? To move away at least from the goal of avoiding pain. I'll, I'll I'm leaning into pain, right? That's what my meditation tells me. You feel something, <laughs> fucking lean into it, see what happens. And that has allowed me to come up with different goals of like, what is it that really matters to me? How do I want to treat these people in my house? What do I want to say yes and no to, right? And I say no to a lot now because I like being at home with the people in my house, man. It's nice. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, there is something that, uh, like the nervous system stuff, you know, we've talked a lot about like when our nervous systems are excited and we're under mm -hmm. all this anxiety and everything else. There is something to like, I can't even begin to think or look at like the future or deal with any of that shit when my anxiety's at like yeah. 11 all the time. Yeah. Like, and that's probably for me, most of what my issues have been around like anxiety and yeah. always feeling on edge and always feeling like everything is about to fall apart, yeah. you know, and, and that's including in recovery with years clean, you know, long time clean, still feeling like, even though like I had a job and we were living, it's like any moment all this is going to fucking fall apart. At any moment, mm -hmm. you know, something bad's going to yeah. happen and we're going to have to be able to adjust. And that idea of like setting goals was like felt like useless, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because something will happen and I'll have to react to that and I can't be, you know, stuck. But now I think I've finally gotten to a place in my life where I've been able to develop some faith that yeah things are going to happen and it's going to be okay we'll figure it out you know and um 
figuring out some tools to like deal with like anxiety, you know, and, and bring my nervous system down to be like, huh, yeah, wouldn't be bad to like have something that I'm shooting for in the future. Whether I get there or not is okay. But when I'm always living at that place where my anxiety's super high or my nervous system's ramped up, like mm. that feels like a useless waste of fucking energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I'm, I'm on board with this idea. Like this is what I've been thinking and it's been happening to me too, right? This, this nervous system dysregulation has kept me in this state. Uh, and like, dude, I'm telling you, when they teach you this, they're like, oh yeah, you get dysregulated half an hour later, you calm down, blah, or whatever. And I'm like... <laughs> This is my life. This is 24 <laughs> right. hours a day. I'm always doom and gloom and everything. Dysregulated. I mean, I'm always dysregulated. Right, right. And so, you know, thinking about that example I was talking about earlier where the, the member of a program might say to live just for today when we're trying to figure out a path to go on. There was so much pressure on me because every path felt like a losing path. Hmm. Every path had a direction where somebody was going to be upset or disappointed or I was going to fail or fall short. And like... That never left me feeling like I had a, a ability to chase any goals, much less do anything. I just felt stuck all the goddamn time and mm. miserable. And so, like, yeah, this idea of just being able to to lean into things or calm my nervous system down through breathing and relax that. And it's not always this rigid black or white. This is how it's got to be. Kind of like you were talking about the arguments in my marriage, right? Like, yeah, we can't spend any money. And my wife's over here, but we got to live. And, like... <laughs> I'm like, no, it's black and white. We save every fucking penny, right? Like, that's never going to produce, at least in my mind, I don't believe that black and white space is ever going to produce happiness or, or anything that feels free or open or peaceful or calm or content to me. And, and, like, that's what I've been trying to move away from. And the more I move away from it, the more peace and calm and content I feel. Like, uh, and what's funny, you said something there that reminded me. Like, for me, the issues around, like, setting goals so many times have to do with I'm going to pick the wrong goal and mm. there is a right goal right. that I should have that I just don't know what it is yet. <laughs> and as soon as I figure out the rightest of right goal, there you go. because I don't want to waste my energy on the wrong fucking goal. Right. I mean, then it's a ball wasted energy <laughs> and then figuring out like, there's not a rightest of right goal. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's right. just, it's just a direction. Like it's just like a, a path. It's not, the end all be all of my existence. So I don't I don't know that I've ever thought of that version, but my version says that it doesn't matter what goal I set because I'm gonna make a decision somewhere that's the wrong decision for five or ten years from now and then it's gonna all be fucked yeah. anyway. Because I yeah. can't get all the decisions right. So Yeah, mine's like I'm gonna invest all this time and energy to get that goal only to realize it's, it's fucked. <laughs> it's the wrong one. I found it kind of fascinating when you when we started the episode, you were talking about, you know, your kids graduating and then that that sort of had led you to lead more or think more about your own goals. And I found that fascinating thinking about like our children or our loved ones coming to this age where maybe they're going to start setting more of their life intentions or goals. I like the idea of intentions better. Maybe we should do intentions over goals. That, yeah. that sounds nicer. Um but that that like spurred that up in you too, and I, I was like, "Is that there's more room for it?" And, and it was kind of going back to what you were just saying, how we were so anxious and there wasn't space for anything. And I'm wondering, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If we're in a survival headset of anxiety and depression, there's not much room to think about anything else except surviving those emotions, right? That's a survival space. And then once we can calm that nervous system, there's more space like, oh, I can move up to higher level needs like 
self-actualization or whatever the fuck that means, right? Like being able to be who I want to be. And I was curious if that was the same idea. Like, oh, now I can stop worrying about that initial parenting portion of these two kids and they're going to go do their thing. And now I have more space to kind of not be so busy day in and day out, just getting all the things done. And now I have space to think about what do I want in my life? And I Yeah, know. I think that is a lot of it. Okay. Um, a, a lot of my life, I'm trying to think how to say this. Most of my life, I've wanted kids. I've wanted to be a parent, probably for the wrong reasons, although I still think I'm a good parent. But, you know, just always wanting to have kids and then getting all at me like, fuck, this is a lot of work. You know, yeah. we were joking, looking through pictures. We're like, you know, there's a tons of pictures of like our first daughter and then not near as many of our second daughter. Right. And or it's a lot of them like together. Right. And it's like, yeah, because you're taking care of two small fucking kids. Like, it's hard to be yeah. able to like, oh, get the camera, uh, you know, like you're uh -huh. fucking now you're like one person with two little things running around and, you know, taking pictures and all that shit. Like you're going into survival mode. You don't right. think of pictures as much and you don't feel like you need to capture every moment as right. much because it doesn't feel quite as authentic the second time around. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and what I was thinking when you just were talking about that is this idea that like we have all these pictures, right? The smiling picture in front of the monument and the running around in the backyard and the board game night, right? But, like, all the fucking work we do along the way. We don't ever get pictures of diaper changes and feedings and, like, tending to bruises. And, like, yeah. the amount of hours we've spent tending to these little right. people is incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's part of it is, like, now they're adults. And they've been pretty adulting, you know, the last couple of years of their lives. I mean, right. they've been driving. They do a lot for the family. You know, they help a lot. But it's just the sense... Maybe more just a uh, eye-opening realization that, like, holy fuck, I'm not really responsible for them mm. anymore. I mean, I have a little bit of influence and a little bit of input, right. you know. But all in all, they're fucking their own people doing their own thing. Like, mm. that shit's not up to me anymore. <laughs> Even if I wanted to be. <laughs> right, right. How do you feel like it, it feels if we were to never set a goal again but talk about intentions? Would, it, would that feel, I feel like that feels initially just way better for my body. As soon as I say intentions, I'm like, ooh, that feels nice. Yeah, I mean, it sounds better. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess for me, the, the idea of goal is more rigid than an intention. Yeah. Like, goal feels a little more uh, tangible. Yeah. You know, and something that... measurable. Well, and I think a goal in my mind, assumes, like, some work that I maybe don't want to do, like some hmm. hard stuff to get That's there. Whereas an intention is more like, I'm just going to try to do something. <laughs> yeah. Huh, I like that way better from that description. I, was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I felt like when I say intention, I feel more of what you've been describing that Jen's been trying to tell you. Like this idea of like, hey, we can set this and not make it there. Like intention feels like, yeah, totally. I can set that and not yeah. get there. And that's fine. Probably a better word yeah, yeah, for those things. I wonder goals is a capitalism word, I bet. Yeah, right. <laughs> we need goals. Bottom lines. Right. That's what we need. It's for sports people. Yeah, more production. People. huh? Yeah, but if you're overly competitive or overly perfectionistic like me, it's a 
like a trigger word. Yeah. <laughs> so so if we were to use intentions as our word instead, does that feel like it changes any of the things you've set up in your mind as goals right lately? Like does that make it open more? Just or? on feeling, yes. So if I said my intention is to retire by the time I'm 60, that's just like, meh. But if I say my goal is to retire by the time I'm 60, like that's, mm. it's, it feels more like a hard line. You know what I mean? Right. And if I don't get there, I'm, I can still be okay with that, but it definitely feels like a bigger commitment. Yeah. And I guess I'm almost feeling like maybe, not that our understanding of intention is wishy-washy, but not just like we've kind of taken it colloquially. Mine is wishy-washy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've taken it colloquially to mean like, oh, yeah, I have a vague idea of a thing. Yes. As opposed to like, OK, I set the intention that I want to be a more loving father. And for me, that means that throughout my day, I am more intentionally paying paying attention to what i'm doing and trying to do that hmm. so like it involves a level of commitment to living intentionally you know what i mean and kind of showing up in situations and stopping and saying what like kind of like what you've told me all this time like stopping and saying what do i want to practice here how do i want this scenario to run like who is this person across from me wait a minute that's my son why the fuck am i yelling right like those kind of things like to me setting an intention means i'm setting up a life that is going to be intentional so i guess that feels like it's not as wishy-washy for me or not as vague or just this idea of like oh yeah i got an intention yeah. like, I, I don't think of intention as a thought anymore whereas i used to right. to me it's more about the practice of like being mindful and present yeah and i assimilate stuff. goal with like drive or like pushing you know maybe this yeah. is where i get hung up with it it's like yeah. you think of like the football player and there's the goal and he's got the ball and he's gonna plow through you know mm -hmm. six other 300 pound men to try to get like, right you right. know he's gonna run into adversity and obstacle but he, he's gonna push through he is but was yeah. he being intentional about avoiding injury when he made those collisions was he like making sure to bend his body in the right way to be able to do that for a longer period like there's so much more to being intentional than there is to just the goal. I feel like the goal ignores the all guy the... with intention gets tackled at the one. He might. <laughs> like, he might. And he, and he lives to 80 because he doesn't have brain right. damage at 50, right? Like, that's what right. I'm saying. Like, maybe that, maybe I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. I actually think you're spot on. And that's possibly Where what's skewed about up, our world right. is that goals are these things that we say, fuck anything that gets in our way of getting there, including. Animal life, the world, life, human life, our <laughs> right. own life, right? It's all about reaching yeah. this thing in spite of the consequences. And like, maybe that's where I like the intentional living yeah. better, right? Think through the fucking consequences. What am I doing? Right. When I or do looking this? at like the way we were using that word. Yeah. It's interesting to think of the ways I assimilate those and the differences between intentions yeah. and goals. I yeah. feel like our world gives a lot of, uh, I don't know the word I want to use here, but it just talks like the idea of goals or success. It's all this very masculine dominate takeover power kind of concept. And like, that is not what I'm feeling like since this whole thing has happened in my life, like it is in yours right now. And maybe it's just because we're in our forties. I don't know, but yeah. I don't feel a need to be any of that to be a man. Like right. none of that really calls to what I think of as like, 
the things that make me, I don't want to say special, but like, like the reason people like being around me. I don't think it's because of any of those power or goal driven or like things. Well, and there are, it's almost like we learn about character defects. It's like, you know, character defects being assets that have run amok. Mm-hmm. That's what I've come to understand is this, you know, toxic masculinity, which I try to avoid using those ideas because they have so much weird cultural shit affiliated with them right at the moment. But the idea is like it's it shouldn't be bad that like men are typically like strong and that they're, you know, can persevere and those kind of things. It becomes that toxic masculinity when it's like transfers over to like the harmful you know what i mean transfers over to the like sports and being competitive and all that's fine but not when you're like cheating and trying to hurt your opponents or trying to do any of that you know so it's like our society is almost celebrated like the bad parts of masculinity instead of the good parts you know yeah i I haven't thought through this entire concept yet, but just uh, like on the base value, I really don't know that competition is good for us in any way, shape or form. It celebrates the few near the top and diminishes the rest. And that doesn't feel very good for anybody. I don't think I'm not Um, sure competing is good. I would I just say I love sports and I'll go out and play and like it's not it's definitely not good when it's unhealthy but it's you do learn concepts about like failing and falling short and you're not going to be the winner every time and and so that's where like I think you know things in competition get lost it's like winning at all costs is terrible too you know like like that's the bad side of it i'm gonna lean in here (laughs) it should be done in a spirit of like enjoyment of the sport or fun or whatever i don't know that there is enjoyment if there's competition yeah i don't know i I, i'm saying i'm gonna lean in because people like when we argue so we're we're actually disagreeing (laughs) we're gonna argue um i guess i'm just picturing like what what positive is born out of wanting to succeed over another, right? To succeed alongside another, sure. But to succeed over another feels like it breeds negativity and, and also goes away from what we were just talking about in our last episode. The importance of anonymity is that it has this ability to create equality and level the playing field. And all competition destroys equality. There's no more equality after you've competed. One person is superior or one team Um, is superior. That's probably somewhat true. I don't think that feels good in our bodies, personally. Well, what's interesting, at least, and you can go into all kinds of different sports, but what's interesting, at least, is in that moment on that day, they were superior. You can have the same guys box each other four times and one guy wins twice and one guy, the other guy wins twice. Sure. You know, and 
so who's superior there? Or maybe one guy wins three times, but then the other guy wins the fourth time, you know, after they've competed a couple right. of times. So I, to me, it's more about like challenging yourself to be your best at any skill or practice or whatever it is that you want to do. If it's a team sport, it's, are you able to function well with, others are you developing skills that allow you all to be at your best how do you pick up the guys that aren't maybe being at their best what do you do when you're not at your best um you know so there's a lot of that that goes into it the other thing is what do you do when you lose you know what i mean what kind of team person are you when you fall short maybe you have put everything a hundred fucking percent of what you have everything in your being has went into that competition and you lost that other guy was better than you on that day. Or the refs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody cheated. <laughs> it's still performance enhancing yeah. drugs. <laughs> like, Steroids. Yeah. But, like, how do you process that? Like, there's a healthy way. Like, as a kid, I never process any of that in a healthy way. And, like, with my kids, though, in sports, I've always pushed them to be in sports and, you know, encourage them to be a competitive because i think there is some healthy aspects of it to be like hey man we fell short there's they were just better than us today and that's fine that doesn't that doesn't devalue you as a human being because someone else threw the ball harder than you or hit the ball farther than you or Mm -hmm. you made a mistake and they got some runs like you made a mistake hey happens to everybody you know Mm -hmm. and i think all those are like healthy lessons that we can learn in a what I'll call a play environment Mm -hmm. that then hopefully we take out into the world at our job where it's like, Oh, we need to, you know, be a part of this, whatever sales team, but our sales team sucked and our business went under, (laughs) you know, is that a reflection on you as a human being or did you just go and do the best that you can and maybe make some mistakes and do you learn and grow from, you know? Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot in there. Um, one, you mentioned early on, and this is just kind of a technicality, that it prepares people for losing. You get more used to it. You know what to do. You're, you're better able to adjust to losing. But in a world without competition, we wouldn't need to learn how to lose because you wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. So just a caveat there. like We wouldn't need to learn how to lose in a world where there was no losses because there's no competition. Um, and then I was picturing like, Say I I flew a plane to a mysterious island that just appeared and like Billy and his family and some other local community members are living there. And Billy comes up to me and he's like, dude, I can bounce this ball on my foot 10 times. It's fucking amazing. I've run this whole island. Everybody loves me. Right. And then I'm like, dude, people are like where I'm from do that like 3000 times. And then you feel like shit about yourself. So like you felt fine until there was a competition or comparison like there didn't need to be. You could have just felt good about the fact that you competed against yourself and got more than you already did before. You know what I mean? Like that competition against others could change the way we view ourselves and our life just from the information of having it when we didn't have to do it to begin with. Does that make sense? Did I lose you there? I'm seeing your eyes. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to follow like I don't I mean that's weird to try to measure like Yeah. So two well, two things. One, I'll caveat your 
caveat <laughs> <laughs> by saying we could change that to just instead of losing being like falling short of goals. Everybody, you know, we're always going to fall short. None of us is going to be perfect. We're always going to try to do things that we don't achieve or can't achieve or can't get to. So maybe the losing winning affiliated with competition could be changed to be we're going to fall short of goals or not be able to achieve something we set out to do or not Couldn't, be able to get something. Done. I feel like we could do that without the competition, though. Because basically what you laid out was a story of you were young and in sports and didn't get any of the things you think sports give. And then your kids are in sports and they did get the things you think sports give. And it's only because of what you gave them anyway. So I was kind of um, like, I don't know that it was actually the competition that gave you any of that shit or didn't give you that shit. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember in, in sports um, when I was a kid, I, I had not the greatest parenting so it's hard to remember yeah. what messaging came from specifically from parents right. and what you know came yeah. from so i mean i definitely think that the issues around sports specifically there's a lot of stuff to do with coaching and parental you know yeah. information and all that and if you're one of those people that tells your kids like losers you know second place is the first loser and shit like that. Right, right. <laughs> There's a lot of negativity in there. But anyway. You ain't first or last. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think that, you know, knowing where you rank, there's a level of humility there. Yeah. Like, there's a level of, uh, you know, understanding that, like, no one's the best at everything, you know. And a lot of people aren't great at anything. <laughs> And that's fine. Like, that doesn't lessen your value as a human being. Or Surely not you, dear listener. Yeah. Not you. You guys are great. You, know? <laughs> you picked an awesome podcast, so you're obviously <laughs> yeah. succeeding at something. Yeah. And that, you know, through these different competitions, you know, that's it's just a understanding of who you are as a human being, comparing mm -hmm. yourself to other people, oh. having an assessment of, you know. I don't want to understand who I am through comparing to other people, though. Now? I think mm. so this is this is where I'm coming from and and maybe this can help our conversation my my main take about the inequality thing is that I personally don't think our bodies and our DNA are equipped to come into a world where some people have a fuck ton more than we do I don't think that's okay for any of us I think we're all angry about it at some level I don't know that we're connected to that that that's why we're angry but I think that's a thing. I don't think I can exist in a world where for no good reason, some dudes or, or ladies or anybody can afford to give their kids way fucking better experiences than I can. I will never feel good about that or like that is okay. And so from that, there's always a feeling of I must be less than them because that's what the world is fucking telling me every day. You're less than them, rich people, buddy. You can't do the things they can do. You're not cool like them. You can't go and fly to space like they can do recreationally. You can't take the trips they can take. You can't afford the education they give their children and the opportunities. And like, that doesn't feel fucking good to me for no arbitrary reason, except I was born where I was born by my parents who were middle class. And that's where I'm at. Right. So I don't think there's any place in our world where it actually feels good to our body and our DNA and our cellular structure says, oh, yeah, it's fine for other people to be better than me. I, therefore, I don't think the competition thing works out well for our body either. I get it. Our brains all say it's fine, but I don't know that we actually feel good walking away. And I don't know that we're because of the society we live in where we're inundated with, you know, champion and competition and all this shit. 
I don't know that we have any idea what it would feel like or how much better it would feel without any of the unequal parts to say, oh, yeah, this is really fucking us up or not. I mean, I get it. It's all a theory I made up in my head. But. Yeah, well, and I, I guess where I would go with that is, so I assume like there's something in us like naturally that aspires to competition. Like if you look at take sports teams, like how many people watch the fucking Ravens and are just totally on board with like that's that's their identity of with that team because they want to see them compete. And I'm just saying like that's I mean, I'm just picking one sports team and you look at how much, you know, money there is in sports like that. It just seems like there's too much there that that's not. uh or like the Olympics, for example, like how many people just watch and enjoy and are like driven to to want to do that. Like it feels, it seems very natural. It <laughs> seems like they all got a trauma story, is what it seems like. Honestly, <laughs> if you watch the Olympics, like all the, the stories athlete. are like, oh my god, look, they came from this terrible, terrible beginnings, and look how hard they've worked and got here. Like they're all stories of traumatic beginnings, and like. <laughs> what that led people to do and the commitment they've had because of like how, I don't know, in my mind, how awful they feel about themselves or <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I okay. So I used to be a guy who, who was much more into the Ravens. I still like football, still watch the Ravens. Um, but my week would depend on how their game went Sunday. It would take me to Thursday or Friday if they lost to get over it and feel better. And like, that's the guy I think you're describing. And I don't think that was good. <laughs> And I don't think um, it was natural either. Yeah, I don't know that that's necessarily specifically the guy I'm describing. I guess I, it was more the point of how many, you know, thousands to millions of people engage in that idea of that competition. And not that all of that is uh, it's almost like just a na- there's like a natural pull or a natural draw or a natural inclination to to want to. Like jump on a team and win and compete against these other people and like that, all that whole process just seems really natural. For I people. feel like we should get for a, human beings. I got you. I feel like we should get like a, a somebody who teaches women's studies or a feminism or something on here, right? Because like I remember this idea being expressed to me, and I'm not going to do it justice <laughs> trying to give it to you. And if you like argue it, I, could, I have nothing else. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just letting you know ahead of time. Um, But we were talking about sports and like, you know, how generally sports are male dominated and the female leagues don't get much, you know, money or, or, or people watching or anything. And this idea that we've created the events that are interesting to us based on what we have created as important in our society, right? You don't see any fucking nurturing competitions or, you know, competitions for teachers or like we're not watching broadcasts of like ESPN analysts analyzing, you know, people in social work, treating people nice or nothing. You know what I mean? Like we don't we haven't given feminine so-called feminine values any priority in our society. It's all about power and dominance and male type things. And that's carried over into what we celebrate in our entertainment industry with sports. And so like. It's more of a byproduct of the world we've created than actually what we would do naturally if we were just free to do naturally things without all this inundation we get. Mm. I don't know. 
Hmm. It's an interesting theory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we celebrate all the things men are better at, basically, is what we do. That's all of our, our industries. It's things men are better at. Maybe. I don't know. That's where all the money is. That's where the millions go, right? The female athletes don't get paid. But what if we had... Yeah, but you can go back to the Indian times or even before that, and that stuff all existed. I, those were all patriarchies, too, for the most part. Yeah. I don't know. And, and and I don't know, Billy. I don't know. To me, like I said, in my mind, there's nothing in our body that feels okay with being unequal. And so I don't know that it's ever good for us to be there. Like, I think humility is understanding that I'm equal, personally. Yeah, so I don't know if I want to be humbled by knowing my Indian rank. times. I meant Native American times when the Native Americans were here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling all bad about that now. Oh, uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely doesn't feel good to lose. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like that always like feels bad, you know, losing. Yeah. But is feeling good all the time what we're going for? I don't think so. I think we need to feel bad. I think we need to move away from good and bad for one. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, we definitely in our society say you're never supposed to feel bad or yeah. negative emotions, right? Um. And I don't think that's the case, but I also don't know that we need extra reasons to feel bad. Like, there's plenty of times when I fall short of what I'm trying to do in my life. It has nothing to do with competition. I just, I intended today to be nice to my kids and I yelled at them in two hours when they got frustrating for a minute and I got dysregulated. Okay, I still have to learn to deal with that feeling. I just don't need to add extra by competing with people and falling short all the time. Hmm. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> I mean, and not, I, yeah, I, I guess I just feel like there is some benefits or assets in being challenged and knowing, you know. I don't know that that has yeah. to be a competition, though. Like, I agree. I think we should be challenged. We should be challenging ourselves. Right. But I don't know that it's got to be compared to anybody. I think. So uh, here, and this, and this is just what I think about, and I probably can let it go, but. So I was doing MMA, or not MMA, uh, jiu-jitsu. I'm not doing it anymore at the moment. Things have just got too busy in my life. But I was doing jiu-jitsu for a little bit. And we'll go to class and do all that. And a guy said something to me one time. He's like, do you want to compete? And I said, no, I have no interest in competing. And he said, well, the only good thing about competing is by going and competing, it lets you know like whether you're really picking up these skills, whether you're actually, you know, what you're doing actually means anything or if you're getting anything right in comparison to like somebody else at your same level Hmm. and i was like huh and that was the only point of me wanting to compete at all was like i don't care if i fucking win i'm not you know 50 years old i'm not trying to win medals or be the next fucking champion of anything but it would be nice to see like hey how like are these like am i learning any of this shit does this mean anything what i'm doing it it was some measure to see where i was or where i stood and that felt useful like mm. it, in that context uh, but i wasn't placing it on the i'm trying to compare myself to the next guy to decide how i feel it was more about am i getting this am i learning something is this getting me what i'm think that i'm trying to get out of it mm. so yeah that's weird like competition for the purpose of self evaluation but not I don't know. It, it takes me back to uh, Brene Brown's work. And she talks about how what she has found in her research is that comparison is the opposite end of the spectrum of creativity. 
And so, like, I just think of all the. I am a not creative person. I imagine that, right? <laughs> Super competitive. <laughs> well, and, and that's yeah, what makes huh. me wonder. Like, and not to say that one side of that thing is better than the other. Maybe, again, we're coming back to the middle of the balance of both of those things. But I think it's important to understand, at least for me, that, like, comparison and competition don't tend to bring me much joy in my life on yeah. either side of it. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm better than somebody else. I'm mm -hmm. generally feeling bad for them, <laughs> that they're not better at it. And then when I'm not as good as somebody else, I'm feeling worse and thinking of all the ways I need to get better. And, like, neither of those make me happier. Yeah. Well, that gets into the whole areas of are there good motivation? Like, I am a person that does, a, I'm going to say a lot of, like, I don't want to say negative self-talk because it's not negative self-talk, but I do a lot of oh, like pushing <laughs> myself. You know what I mean? Like, don't quit. You can do more. Keep going like that kind of shit. And, and like try, I do try to word it better now than I ever used to, but it's like trying to push harder to be better. Picture. Like I am a person that motivates myself in that way picture all of those pictures you were looking at of your kids yesterday and the day before and leading up to this right now all this nostalgia and like as long as you know that when you're saying that and, and you're pushing yourself there's like a little four-year-old you in there that you're talking to as long as you know that and you're okay with that i think you're gold <laughs> but i say that to people and then i hear how they talk to their kids and i'm like oh shit maybe i shouldn't have yeah. said well i was gonna say not. some of that stuff i say to my kids I mean, the, some of the, like, language is probably a little softer, but the intention is the same. Huh? Maybe softer language for you would be nice. Yeah. I don't know. But, right. you, you know, that's what it, I guess it more is. Like, if I know that I'm still talking to that little kid inside of me when I'm saying that, I'm not talking to adult me because it's adult me that's saying it. <laughs> right? I'm talking to little kid me, and he's the one hearing it. And, like, how is a four-year-old taking what I'm saying? That's what I, I need to think more of, right? How am I really receiving this message I'm giving to myself? Is it nice? Is it kind? Is it supporting and encouraging? Cool, then yeah. I'll do it, you know? Just fucking do it. That That's not working for me anymore. I'm not just going to fucking do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I don't know. So I think what I've learned today is that like I, I kind of am on this path, but it's not necessarily for goals. It's for intentions. Yeah. And I want to be a more intentional being all around, and I'm happy with that. Yeah, I learned to have very rigid ideas of goals and <laughs> intentions, and maybe I need to tweak those <laughs> words in my head a little bit. So, set your intentions. Make sure you're listening to this podcast when you do that is on there, and we'll see you next week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.